Many children in schools across our nation begin their day with a pledge. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Liberty and justice, powerful words. Usually they're accomplished by military action, even war. For example, the war in Iraq is about bringing liberty to the Iraqi people who suffered under a cruel dictator. The war in Afghanistan is about bringing justice to those who attacked our country on 9-11. Liberty and justice for all is exactly what Isaiah 49 is all about. Liberty for the remnant of Israel. Justice to the distant nations who oppose the Holy One of Israel. We hear in verses 8 and 9, In the time of my favor, I will answer you. In the day of salvation, I will help you. I will keep you and I will make you to be a covenant for the people, to restore the land, to say to the captives, Come out, be free. If you remember history, First Assyria brought war, and then Babylon came to war against Israel. God's chosen people were made captives, slaves, prisoners of war even because of their sin. Their royal city and their temple were destroyed because of their stubbornness. They were deported because they were blind and deaf to Yahweh's word, and a foreign king ruled over them because of their idolatry. Liberty and justice for all? I think not. At least it doesn't appear to be liberty and justice for Israel here in the text. How is Yahweh going to fulfill His promise to Abraham to bless all the nations by means of His seed? How is Yahweh to fulfill His promise to King David that His seed would reign on His throne forever? How is Yahweh to fulfill the promise of inheriting the land? Answer? There is to be another Holy One of Israel, a Redeemer. And in that servant, Yahweh will show His splendor. He will restore the tribes of Jacob. He will bring back Israel. Even before his birth, he was called by the Lord for a purpose. To bring shalom, peace. He will redeem Israel. Now when we think of the word redeem, we think oftentimes to buy back. Yet in this context, especially in the context from Isaiah 40 to 55, the verb form is always linked with shalom, peace. The Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, will set the world right. He will make it to be like there wasn't even a war. He will bring the people back from exile. He will recover the land. He will rebuild Jerusalem. He will restore the temple. He will redeem. 
Most of you have noticed the uniform that I wear in the pulpit. I'm a U.S. Navy chaplain, currently serving as the Deputy Regimental Chaplain at Marine Corps Recruit Depot, Paris Island, South Carolina. I've been in the Navy now for five years on active duty, and I have gone to war with those who have gone to war. I went with an infantry battalion, 3rd Battalion, 7th Marines, to Ramadi, Iraq. Perhaps you've heard of the Al-Ambar Awakening. Anyway, the Marines destroyed this city of 400,000 people in some of the fiercest fighting of that war. Yet by the end of the, of the deployment, the Marine Corps was functioning as the Peace Corps. They rebuilt the city. They restored electricity. They fixed the sewage. They rebuilt the schools and paved roads. They painted the buildings. By the time we left, parts of the city looked as if there wasn't even a war. This is what the Redeemer will do. It will be as if there never was a war. Now, I wear this uniform really for two reasons today. First is to remind you that we are a nation at war. There are those kings and those rulers who despise and abhor this nation. They want to kill you just because you are an American. They hate our liberty and our justice for all. They hate our religious freedom and the fact that we can gather here today and worship the Holy One of Israel. But you know what? As I look out, I don't think that this war has affected most of you. This earthly war really has not affected most of you. And that's because we have United States Marines. They are our redeemers. Small letter R, if you will. They go to war so that you don't have to go. They train every day physically, mentally, and spiritually for war. They know that if they are physically weak or lazy, they could be killed. They understand that if their enemy outthinks them, they could be killed. They know that if their esprit de corps, that is the spirit of the group, is weak, that they might become frustrated with the difficulty of the task and give up, and they might be killed. And so United States Marines train. Secondly, I wear the uniform today to remind you that we are Christian people still at war. There are those who would destroy you just because you say that you are a Christian. One translation of Ephesians six twelve says this, For our fight is not against flesh and blood, but against the authorities and powers, against the world rulers of this dark night, against the spirits of the evil, spirits in the spirits of evil in the heavens. You, dear friends, are at war. And some of you lead, and some of you will lead God's people into war. So how is your training? Physically? Mentally, spiritually. You know, I said I was at Paris Island, South Carolina. You know what they do there? Marine Corps 
boot camp. Seventy days of initial training, beginning their day at 04, ending their day at 20:00. that's 4 a.m., going to 8 p.m. every day, learning Marine Corps martial arts, survival, swimming, how to shoot their weapon. They're, in fact, learning how to kill the enemy. And afterwards, they go on to the School of Infantry for more training. And afterwards, they go to the fleet for more training. And afterwards, even to war for more training. I graduated from this seminary 10 years ago. And I came for these past two weeks to take a class in the Doctor of Ministry program. And I came back, honestly, I can tell you because of verse 4. There have been times that I have uttered these words and said, I have labored to no purpose. I have spent my strength in vain. You know, I've had Marines come to me and say the same thing. They told me that their friend died in the war and that they thought for the longest time it was such a waste. All that training, Pastor, they said, and for what? Yet they go on to say, and now seeing this great city rebuilt, seeing the Iraqi people free, it was worth the sacrifice. Today, I want to encourage you in your training. You have been called and brought near to God by Israel reduced to one, Jesus Christ. Ultimately, Jesus is what Isaiah 49 is all about. Jesus is liberty. Jesus is justice for all. Before his birth, he even knew his purpose was to go to war. There's a story in 3rd Battalion, 7th Marines, about a Medal of Honor recipient by the name of Corporal Jason Dunham. I served in 3rd Battalion, 7th Marines. I never met Jason Dunham, but I had the honor and privilege to meet his Christian parents. Corporal Dunham was on patrol one day in Iraq looking for a bunch of bad guys who had blown up another patrol. They got a description of a vehicle, and they stopped this vehicle that met this description of the bad guys, and Corporal Dunham lifted his weapon and told the man to get out. His other Marines were watching this man, but as Jason Dunham was searching the vehicle, this man struggled with Jason Dunham, and it went to hand-to-hand combat. And the man took a grenade and dropped it next to Jason Dunham's men. Thinking quickly, Corporal Dunham took off his Kevlar, his helmet, and he placed it over the grenade, and then he jumped on top of it. He saved the life of two Marines that day. Jason Dunham, Corporal Jason Dunham, died eight days later. Greater love hath no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friend. Now at this point in the sermon, I guess I could make the preaching mistake and I could say something like, well, you know, Jesus, he jumps on the grenade and so therefore he saves our life. But you know what? Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes Assyria and Babylon come, don't they? 
But I will tell you this morning the same thing that I had the opportunity one day to tell Corporal Jason Dunham's parents. And I'll tell you this. One day, Jesus will make it for Jason and for all Christians like there wasn't even a war. This is what Jesus does. Jesus wars for us. Jesus, our Redeemer, capital R, redeems us. Look to his hands and his feet if you want to see battle scars. He defeats our enemies. He brings us back from the exile of sin. And so this morning I say with all of his brothers and sisters gathered here in this place, I pledge allegiance to my Lord, the Holy One of Israel, and to his church on which I stand, one faith under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen.